predominantly white institution like MSU, we can forget like how successful our community actually is. Um, so I'm really excited. I think all of our guest speakers are amazing and I'm excited to learn about them. I hope you guys are too. And I'll pass it over to Juan so he can kind of introduce himself and um, get this started. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Juan Flores and like Alondra said, I work for the Office of Cultural and Academic Transitions. And um, I always like to say that I have one of the best jobs on campus because I get to work with young scholars like Alondra and uh, all of the panelists. And we were just talking before seven o'clock, we met briefly and we were just talking about how much we miss being in person and being able to run into each other and see each other on campus. And um, they even miss their library study groups or just running into people at the library and not studying most of the time, but you know, just kind of like being a full blown college student and just living and experiencing and you know, living that life that, that makes college memorable. And um, so anyway, I work at OCAD. You can follow us on social media, look us up, OCAD MSU on Instagram. And this, uh, this GBM is a special one in particular because uh, we got to collaborate with our OCAD Green Table chat. And, and the OCAD Green Table chat is an event that we created over the summer after we realized that we were gonna be doing some, some virtual learning for the foreseeable future. And we were thinking about ways to, to, to engage students and to ways to like get you all to still participate in on-campus programming from wherever you're, you were at. And so at the time, I think um, Jada Pinkett's Red Table Talk With Her Family was, was on and it was very popular. And we, we were like, why don't we do something like that where it's online and, and we can just you know, put a link out there and invite students and community members to, to, to participate and just kind of be part of the conversation. But instead of family members, we can invite real students that can talk about real issues that they experience on a day-to-day -day while being college students. And so it took off over the summer. We had one like once a month, and now we plan on doing one once a month again in the fall. And, and uh, so this particular one is special because Crew does a lot of work to advocate for Latino, Hispanic, Latinx students on campus. They have programming throughout the year. They have large-scale programs um, as well. When we were on campus, they're still trying to figure that out. Right now, they were virtual, but they really represent and, and are the voice for Latino students on campus. And, um, and so I applaud their work because they're a bunch of undergraduate students that show up to work for free every single day. They were elected by you all, and they're doing their best to to represent your needs, to help you transition to this campus and to help you navigate the resources and to help you leave MSU with a degree so that you can live that life that you want to live, right? So, you know, I, I always give them, you know, a big, a big shout out because um, the work that they do really does make a difference. And so this being Hispanic Heritage Month, um, we figured why not collaborate with crews as they have a standing bi-weekly meeting at seven o'clock on Tuesdays, every other Tuesday. Uh, why not collaborate? And then why not invite Latino student leaders, students that identify as Latinx, right? Because um, you could be multiple identities, multiple ethnicities, but still identify as Latinx. And so we thought of a, of a handful of them that we knew uh, would be amazing on this panel. And so here they are. And, um, but anyhow, but before I introduce them, I just wanted to um, share a little bit about what we're going to do today. So the panelists um, are going to answer some questions and really share, you know, their experience beyond the classroom because a lot, you know, you only spend a little bit of time in class and most of your time is spent outside of it, you know, doing whatever it is that you have going on and studying and working and all of those different things. And so they're going to share how they've been able to navigate this institution. And, and uh, for those of you that don't know, Hispanic Heritage Month is celebrated September 15th through October 15th. And at MSU, in particular, OCAD, we do a lot of work, a lot of programming to honor historical context and explore culturally significant events to raise the visibility of communities who have historically been minoritized. So 
throughout these different heritage months, you will see some programming out of our office that is paying tribute or, or recognizing or, or raising awareness about those particular communities and really just saying, hey, you know, like this is what makes our nation, our country great. It's the diversity of, of accomplishment and the folks who have made it what it is today. So some of y'all might be, might be new to the whole Latinx phrase. Latinx is a new term that's been introduced um, to the vocabulary of Latinos and Hispanics. Not everybody identifies or wants to be identified as Hispanic or Latino or Latina. And so a few years ago, Latinx was thrown around in the Academy you know, of Higher Education. And it, it, was, it was created as an alternative to Latino or Latina. And a lot of people started picking it up um, and started adding it to their word titles. And the term has become very regular amongst artists and political, uh, politically active youth. And even media outlets like NPR are using it without remark or explanation. And so it's just a sign that this, this word is probably going to stay around for a while. And uh, I don't even, I don't know if y'all knew, but the dictionary even um, defined it now. It's in the dictionary. So you look it up, Latinx adjective means relating to people of Latin American origin or descent. And it's used as a gender neutral or non-binary alternative to Latino or Latina. So you might, you're going to hear it a lot on, on, on campus. And uh, so we thought that it would be important to let you all know why we included it. And, and uh, that way you're not, you know, blindsided by what is that? Am I, or, you know, I'm Hispanic, you know, like um, you're, you're in a place now where you're going to be challenged. You're thinking will be challenged and, and you will have, and we encourage you to read as much as you can, learn as much as you can, and and um, explore. You know what it is to me, what it is to 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 be um, identified with Latino or Hispanic or Latina. And so, anyhow, this is hosted by OCAD and Crew. Welcome everybody. And now I'm going to introduce our our uh, well-rounded student leaders. You may or may not see them around on campus. They all have busy lives. Uh, busy schedules and you know some of them have different things going on but uh, welcome to the green table talk the uh, title is building solidarity through heritage while navigating the college experience so we're going to go first with um we're, we're going to try to do this in alphabetical order i hope i'm not messing it up with Carlos. <laughs> All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Carlos Conrad. I am a sophomore studying business, hoping to major in supply chain management. I am going to declare that major at the end of this academic year. I'm also a minor in environmental and sustainability studies. Um, I'm actually from Montclair, New Jersey. So I'm not in Michigan currently. I'm in my home in New Jersey. It's definitely different being in a different state, not being in Michigan. I miss campus like crazy. Um, but um, so some organizations I'm a part of, I'm actually an executive board member of Michigan State University's Orcasis Dance, which is a modern dance organization on campus. I'm also very active with the multicultural business programs. I'm a member of both multicultural business students and Native American and Hispanic business students within the Broad College. Um, so looking at um, what I think of in terms of my Latinx uh, heritage is what I treasure the most is the fact that my culture means that I'm connected to my parents and other relatives in a deep way that can never be taken away from me. Um, even though most of my family does live far away, not much of my family lives in the New, New Jersey, New York area. A lot of them live down in Texas and down in the South. I know that that means um, even though they're far away, I'm still connected uh, to them in a deep way. Um, and uh, my culture and heritage will always anchor me to the places I cherish as home and the people I'll always love. Um, and when I find that most, uh, from what, hold on, <laughs> and when I find those familiar Latinx things and people in New Jersey and New York, as well as in Michigan, it makes me really happy. So just kind of um, expanding on that, what I mean is when I find uh, similar cultural values within the tri-state area, which is the New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania area, as well as in Michigan, because I do feel as a little bit of an outsider there, I definitely, um, it brings me warm feelings to know that um, I have aspects of, of my culture all around the country. 
So that's me. Thank you, guys. Up next, we've got uh, Christopher. And then after that, you all can follow suit. That way I don't interrupt anymore. Thank you, Juan. Uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Christopher Tomas. I am a third year student at Michigan State University studying applied engineering sciences with a concentration in supply chain management. Um, some things about me, uh, I grew, I'm born and raised in Grand Rapids. Uh, so I'm, I was born here in this state. Uh, I'm also a transfer student that came to Michigan State the second semester of my freshman year. So that's where I came to came across Crew and OCAT and a lot of familiar faces I see here today. Um, oh, before I get to continue my introduction, I want to say thank you for everyone to for showing up and you know showing support to all of us. Um, I'm also a part of the executive board for Crew. I served the role as historian. Uh, excuse me, I served the role as historian last year, but now I'm the treasurer. So very familiar with Crew. And I, it's really good to see a lot of people here because, uh, you know, given the circumstances that with COVID and everything, it's very tough to be able to have more people interact with us and see what's going on in campus. Um, with me personally, going through my journey in college so far, I've been able to connect with a lot of things, such as crew. I've been able to serve two roles in crew so far. And if you guys are not familiar with crew, it is the largest Latinx student organization on campus. Um, we do lots of events to promote Latinx heritage and celebration around campus. Um, I'm also a member of the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, uh, if anybody is into STEM. And also, I also take a part of my fraternity as well, and I take uh, a Phi Iota Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And um, the one main question that I think that Juan asked that really made me look forward to like, you know, talk to everybody here was, um, he had asked like, what does being a Latinx Latino for you mean? And for me, you know, I come to appreciate my roots because like I come from like a hardworking family that sacrificed a lot to be where I'm at today. So I learned my values at a, like a really young age and it made me eager to like stand up with my Latinx community, show the world that, that we will not hide in the shadows of this country. And like, you know, that we all come from like, that we come from blood that helped build this country. And, um, my perseverance and eagerness that always made me want to just be involved in campus in any shape or form. So again, thank you for all you guys to, who showed up because, you know, it, it really means a lot. You know, you guys are here to learn and you guys are here to like connect with other great individuals, you know? But yeah. Hello, am I next? I think I am. Uh, hello everyone, um, thanks for coming this afternoon. My name is David Gonzalez. Um, I'm from Palm View, Texas, the Valley, 4956, if you're familiar with that. Um, uh, I'm a, currently a junior. I'm a major is criminal justice uh, with a minor in psychology. Um, my journey here at MSU is, is, has been a, a roller coaster, I guess. Um, started back way in 2013 and uh, Came here at MSU just, you know, because it was like the thing to do. My three older brothers and sisters um, were all graduates from MSU. So I came up here, you know, kind of just took it for granted and then went back to Texas. Um, uh, went back to Texas and I uh, joined uh, the fire department there. Um, I worked at the fire department uh, for about a year and then I worked at a corrections uh, facility, uh, jail, prison, uh, for another two years. And then I realized, you know what, um, took my first chance for granted at MSU. I want to go back and, and finish um, and be another uh, improved statistic in that um, Latinx uh, people um, can pursue higher education and, and succeed. Um, so I came back this year um, and it's, it's, been, it's been great. I think things like, like this um, gives an opportunity to see the community that's here. Um, and there's a lot of great individuals here who have their own story as, you know, we're starting to learn. Um, and I think that, that it's great. I think uh, Hispanic, the Hispanic Heritage Month for me is like just an opportunity for people to see uh, from the outside in what a beautiful culture we have and how much we have to offer as a community. Um, 
So I, I, I just, I'm, I'm real happy. I'm never going to forget where I come from, where I stand, where our people stand, how, how much importance we have to this country. And I think that through, through people like us, through our generation, we can uh, slowly but surely uh, um, make sure that that doesn't go unnoticed. So, yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Sarah McConville. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, some of you might be looking at my last name right now, like, what kind of last name is that? <laughs> um, it's because my dad is white. He's Irish and Norwegian, thus my last name being white. Um, so basically, uh, I'm majoring in social relations and policy. And being rooted in like my Hispanic heritage and Latinx roots through my mom's side of the family. You know, like you guys were saying, most of my family is from Texas on that side of the family. Um, so me being of a mixed background, it really keeps me in check sometimes when it, because you know, I have an advantage in a lot of ways. And my mom always taught me how important it was to serve your community be rooted in family values, you know, help one another. So I think recognizing if you are in an advantaged position to be able to help those um, around you have an elevated voice to some extent is super important. And that's something that's really emphasized within our community here at MSU. Um, and really Hispanic Heritage Month for me it means like making sure that we're seen on campus because so often students are not seen at all or like paid attention to, which is so unfortunate. But that is why you really do have to be involved. Like we have to come together in these organizations and make sure that we have power by numbers because one, as a student, it's already so hard to get people to listen to you. But two, as a student of color, it makes it even harder. And, you know, there's a lot of issues at MSU that we need addressed. So making sure that you're able to join these student organizations like CREW, where I also got my start from, um, join those organizations, get involved, learn about the resources around you, and make sure that you have that built up community. Um, and I am a senior right now. I graduate in the winter. Uh, I think it's super important for you guys to get involved, not just freshman and sophomore year, also junior year, but your senior year, you really want to make sure that you're focused on finding a job, especially right now in these type of um, economic climates, when there's such a scarcity, make sure you're talking to people around you about what jobs are available, things like that. Um, but you really, like because you have to think, oh, my senior year, I have to focus on looking for a job. Your junior, sophomore, and freshman year, you have to focus on building that resume so jobs even consider you. So make sure that you're getting connected with your community so you have those opportunities at hand and you're able to make those differences on campus and you can establish yourself as a reliable worker. Um, Something I really appreciate about like, especially like being Latinx, like on our campus is the family aspect. Like, I feel like everybody in the community is just so welcoming. And that's so, so important, especially being at this school where a lot of times it can feel like you're not supposed to be here. Um, it's so important to feel like you have a family away from home so that you know how important it is to continue here. And you have people pushing you to keep going. You have people to ask advice to, all those different things. So get involved in those student organizations. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Tammy Cervantes. I am a fifth year. I'm graduating in December. Uh, my major is political science pre-law. I have minors in Chicano Latino studies and women and gender studies. Um, so what I've done on campus, well, first of all, I'm from Southwest Detroit. Um, so pretty close to campus, but I'm on campus now. 
So I started my freshman year with crew and I was with crew until I think the end of my junior year in various positions. And then I started with Sarah um, and then have continued on as the pres as the chair of students for a multicultural building. And so we are advocating for MSU to have a freestanding multicultural building. And so I sit on the student panel or not the student panel, but the um, committee planning committee with MSU representatives and student representatives and also the design firm to plan out a freestanding or hopefully a freestanding multicultural building. Um, but it's currently just multicultural center. Um, and so that's what I do on campus for the most part. Um, and then what I love the most about being Latina or being Latinx is the history of perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. I can't say the word. Um, just the fact that our people have survived so much colonization, so many unjust laws, especially being someone with very strong, well, I'm not indigenous, I come from very strongly indigenous family, um, and how they have persevered and how the culture has sustained. Um, and then always being sure to acknowledge my privilege and to speak um, and to ensure that indigenous and Afro-Latinos are being spoken for um, and so that's what I love about being Latina, um, is just that we have survived so much to get to like the places that we are and entering spaces that were never created for us. In fact, we're created to keep us, to keep us down. So, yeah. All right, thank you all so much for that lovely, and powerful uh, introduction. So now we're going to uh, move on to some of the questions. So we've prepared a bunch of questions for them to answer. Uh, I'll post the questions and then they will volunteer themselves to answer the questions. They've been told that not all of them have to answer the question if they don't have anything to add or any, anything new to add, I should say. And, uh, but they are more than welcome to answer all the questions if they, if they feel. Uh, and also, uh, I want to encourage all of you to post any questions that you have or thoughts in the chat, because once we get through the, the list of questions, we will have an opportunity to look over some of those questions you may have, and then um, the panelists will, will answer them. So um, also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this opportunity to you know, encourage you all and ask you to share the, uh, the Zoom ID, meeting ID with some friends of yours, or put it out there so people know that this is happening, because um, I think it's, it's, it's important to support your fellow peers, our students at Michigan State University. They've, they've uh, done so much on this campus, and, and this, is, this is something that's huge, you know, at least, at least for me looking at it, like they've done so much for students and, and for our campus community, and, and they've, uh, they've accumulated a wealth of knowledge. And the good thing is I'm recording it, so I'm, I'm gonna figure something something out. You know, I'll, I'll figure out how to share it or do something with that information. But, but anyhow, you know, let people know that this is happening. So, we're gonna move on to the questions. The first question is um, related to mental health. So, more and more students now report mental health concerns. If you feel comfortable, can you talk? about some practices and resources you utilized to keep your mental health in a good place? And anybody can go. Okay, so I guess for me, uh, most people here that I work with before know that I've struggled with my mental health a lot, like Chris, Tammy, Alo, and Juan. <laughs> um, and that's because it can get hard out here. Like, especially as students of color, like, you have to be the spokesperson for your community so many times. And it's like, we don't know any, we don't know everything, you know, that's going on in our community. Because like Latinx, like, there's so many different races and like within that one ethnic group, like we can't possibly know everybody's experience. Um, but we can try our best to, you know, be allies with people who are a different race than us. And it sucks having to be the spokesperson a lot of times because, you know, you, you one, you can't know everything. Two, um, you have to talk about pretty traumatic experiences sometimes. Uh, at the cost 
to even get any progress because you know how are you going to rationalize making this change so progress can happen if you don't have experiences to back up what you're saying so then you have to talk about traumatic things and it's just a mess um and then also we're students <laughs> at the end of the day we're students we're working a lot of times you know we have to do a lot of these extracurriculars and everything can be so overwhelming but personally for me i think the most valuable thing and this is so funny i actually got recommended to my therapist because i went to my professor's office hours one day started crying <laughs> and she was like you know what you need to see my therapist and she recommended me to her therapist because she was like she's super great um she's like super acknowledging of people of mixed backgrounds like she doesn't at all try and dismiss your experiences blah 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 so i started seeing her and ended up getting the help that i needed referring some of my other friends to her because like i said it's hard out here everybody's struggling um and yeah it was so beneficial i think the most important part of being a student of color is recognizing that we need a lot of support and recognizing that sometimes that means getting support on your own mental health. So I think that's super, super important. And we definitely have to destigmatize it in the community. Oh. Okay, so yeah, so like about mental health, um, I think a huge thing for me was over like now that we're in given time and out with the pandemic during quarantine i did a lot of like self-reflecting upon myself and it's good to self-reflect because you get to learn oh like you, you check yourself you're like oh, okay was that the right thing to do was that not to, you, you make smart decisions in order to make to progress in life right so with that being said like i remember like someone like a wise man once told me they told me look they're like okay look if you're feeling depressed then perhaps you're living in the past if you're feeling anxious then you're living in the future but one has oh, to enable, like, in order to reach peace of mind, just take each day at a time, you know. And that's when I learned, like, the real definition of patience. Because for me, like, I like, I like, I like to see myself as a leader. So like, I always like to do initiative. Like, I take initiative for everything. So if, if I need to get something done, like, I have to get the ball rolling like right away. Like for me, my happiness is seeing progression. But the one thing that like I struggled with in my mental health was like, okay, if I didn't get something's going the way I wanted to, it frustrated me. I was like, all right, like, what can I do in order to fix that? And sometimes there was nothing out of my power in order to do something, right? It's just the idea of patience, you know, like, after that, after just, you know, like, you know, just, I personally, for me, I like to just, like, like, I'm really, like, with my faith, I like to give prayers, or sometimes I like to, I have, like, my daily planner that I carry with me everywhere I go, and I write, like, just, like, my thoughts journaling you know uh just to myself once a day and i just be like okay like, let's get this day started and but really the idea of patience is what really helped me with my mental health because for me like always being like having grit and just persevering towards all my goals being a goal-oriented person like i just didn't know what patience was and it made me so frustrated with life like okay like when are things going to be my way but like no there's some things that you can't take control of like i'm sure if we were to ask the same question like if you were to ask anybody like, what were your plans for summer before covid everyone would have like a million ideas but look at covid happened and now the tables have turned right so my mom likes to say like uno nunca sabe like you know like like you never like in english that means like somebody never really knows and she also says like in life like i'm trying to Say how you can see in English. She said, like, in life, sometimes you have to take hits in order to learn from it, right? And like those certain hits are necessary, whether you like them or not. And with that being said, like that that applies for everybody, right? Because like, especially now with this year with COVID, and and it's amazing. So I think just learning how to just you know slow your roll. Like, I know that sounds funny, but like all of us I know have like mission to be great and have our, our goals to accomplish. But it's just something just to just be patient because everything is if you think everything is like going wrong for you it's like miracles happening in the background um i, I wanted to add a little bit to like 
things with like mental health. So life, it, you, you spend four to five to six, seven years in college and you never really know what's going to happen. Um, when I came into college, I never expected to lose one of my siblings, but I did my, the summer after my freshman year, before my sophomore year. Um, and that took a huge toll on my mental health. Um, and it was very, very hard for me to like speak up about it, especially being Hispanic. We, we're often taught to like not talk about your issues to people to kind of keep things bottled up. Um, but some of the things that like really, really helped for me was eventually getting to a point where like I knew that I needed to reach out to like help um, because I was developing a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms was going to CAPS. They have grief counseling groups, um, talking to your professors. Most of them are very, very understanding when you tell them like, hey, um, this is what's going on in my life. And they, they are human just as much as you are. And they will usually understand. Um, they will like send deadlines or they will work through you. Um, and they understand that some days are harder than others when you're trying to like cope through things that just are unexpected. Um, and talking to your friends, creating systems of support for yourself. And I know it's a very hard thing to do, especially when like something happens and whether it might not be like a loss of a family member, it could be genuinely anything. Everything takes such a different toll on you. Um, and it's hard when you're away from home or when you're learning and you're trying to keep up with students who are so much more prepared, not because of anything that like we did, but just because of the way that the world works. Um, a lot of our white peers or more affluent peers just have more, just came in more prepared. Um, and so just reaching out to the services that are available, to offices, places like OCAP, places like TRIO, places like tutoring centers, making sure that you're going to camps and learning what services they have. Sometimes you can ask for either LGBT council member, counselors or psychiatrists or who are people of color who maybe understand a little bit more what you're going through. Um, just because of the shared experiences and there's a lot of places off campus if you have issues with like insurance a lot of times they'll help you figure out what's the best insurance for you and like sign you up for a plan and so just as hard as it may be throughout whatever you may experience as a student just reaching out and someone will be there to support you yeah I think just to kind of like point out a few things that you guys said which I think is is awesome what you guys said. Thanks for sharing that, Tammy. I'm sure that's not easy to speak on. Um, kind of like what Sarah said, like destigmatizing mental health in our community is like such a, a big, a big um, subject to me, especially like as a as a male, because in like our heritage, it's seen as like a weakness, like to speak up about that. Like you may be frowned upon, and people thinking like something's wrong with you just because you say like, hey, you know, like. I don't feel good inside. Um, and I think what Chris said too, like self-reflect um, and just sit down and, and think to yourself, like, okay, like I know I had a bad day, had a bad week. I know I'm going through X, Y, Z, but there has to be a way to get out of this and you have to be able to reach out because at the end of the day, I feel like our mind is our biggest tool. Our mind is like what controls us because no matter how physically um, good we feel, we can always fake what's on the outside, what people can see. We can always fake it. We can always put on a smile when we don't want to put on a smile. We can always seem happy when we're not happy. Um, we can look healthy when we're not healthy inside. Um, so I just think that our mind is so powerful and we need to take care of it in order to keep progressing through this journey because as our generation, we've dealt with so much. So I just think that, you know, you guys made some really great points. And I think I just wanted to add that, that our mind is so powerful and we need to take care of it and it needs to be a priority. Um, real quick, adding on to what David said, I, I also wanted to add on to like, your mind is like the most powerful weapon you can use in this world. Like, if you really think about it, like you talk to yourself more than anyone else in this world in a given day. So you wanna make sure you're saying the right things. You know what I mean? Giving yourself affirmations is what will lead you to remind you who you are, you know what I mean? Because all of us have potential that I like to say that a lot of us, like a lot of the times, a lot of us have un, like like potential that we haven't even reached that, you know what I mean? Like, I always like to tell myself, like, oh, like, I'm just getting started with all these things, you know what I mean? Like, you just gotta keep, you wanna be your biggest fan, you know what I mean? You wanna just motivate and give as much, you know, 
positive positivity in the world. Whatever you give out is what you're going to get back. And totally like going off what Chris and David both said, especially as students of color here, like it, we're so critical of ourselves. Like at least personally, I think one, yes, we do have to recognize that, you know, there's always room to grow. You always have to be, you know, um, mindful of maybe changes you need to apply to yourself, your vocabulary, just these different things to improve yourself as an individual. But we also have to be kind to ourselves when applying those changes because, you know, change takes some time. And we, like Tammy was saying, like we all have different backgrounds and things like that. Like it takes time for us to learn different things for from experiences that we might not have had personal, you know, encounters with. And so obviously like being a student here, you wanna always be open to change, but you also, when you're implementing that change on yourself, just be kind, recognize you're human. Um, it's going to take some time. That doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, achieve what you're trying to get through. I really like what you said. Um, be kind to yourselves because I really do think we can tend to let our insecurities and just let like negative thoughts cloud our judgment and get in the way of us being the best people we can be. It can be hard to adjust to a new environment. I know for my own experience, it was definitely different coming from the East Coast to the Midwest. It was it was a different transition. I didn't really know anybody coming to campus at first, but eventually I found my way. Um, but it really is okay to just take time out of your day and just focus on yourself. Um, and just remember, even if you didn't have a good day, like every day is a new day to do something amazing. So just remember to just be you and don't always worry too much because a lot of people are in the same boat, even if they're just not showing it. So yeah, just, just remember every day is a new day and just exhale all the negativity. <laughs> awesome. Thank y'all so much. That was great information. I appreciate you all for being honest and, and real with your response. Um, I think it's more important now than ever, you know, for students to really, really begin to be okay with saying, hey, I can't do this alone, whatever it may be. You know, like I can't do this alone. I need to just go ahead and get that help or go to that resource. Like I know I should go and just do it. Like regardless of, you know, how I feel right now, I need to just go. Right. And so thank you all for that. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, and I know that our audience appreciates it too. So our next question is um, many students experience imposter syndrome or feelings of not being good enough. If you have ever experienced these feelings, were there any people, mentors, offices, strategies that you found helpful to overcome this feeling? Um, I, I, I would want to start off first just because I feel like I've, I've, when I read this, I've, I felt it applied to me um, a lot more because, like I said, I left school and coming back, it was always like, um, I think I'm a little bit too old. Like, even I see you guys right now, you guys are probably like a few years younger than me. Um, and I'm just like, I feel too old. I don't, I don't know if it's for me. You know, I was kind of like feeling sorry for myself, putting up a lot of excuses, um, seeing the cons instead of seeing like the pros. Um, but it was until I, I kind of, when I, like as Juan mentioned earlier, I don't know if, for the ones who didn't hear, I, I did get married um, last December. Um, and my wife actually, uh, was like my biggest motivator and supporter in the sense that like if you want to go back to school do it for you do it for the pros that you that you're telling me and do it um because it's a goal that you set and you're just right now you're just putting up this front that um that you don't want to go back to school that you can't finish school um when you actually can so even even like even people like Juan, you know, I would I would talk to Juan all the time, and he would always tell me like, man, just just get it done, just get it done. Um, I know you can do it, and well, here I am. You know, it's a, it's just people like Juan. I'm sure everyone has their 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 person that they go to that they whenever you're feeling down, they just keep motivating you, and and I think it's good to have that. Um. 
I guess what I can say based on what David said, as well as like with imposter syndrome, this is definitely something that like that that touched me on a whole new level because I feel like that's I feel like I still like suffer from this to this day. Like I feel like there's as a college student, you have so many responsibilities piled on top of you, right? So you want to you want to like see oh where do I want to put my most energy in? And above all, you want to know that you're a student. But in the background, you, you also know that you have a lot of good things going on for you. But sometimes some of these responsibilities get too overwhelming for you, and then you bring yourself down because you're not giving your all in everything you do. When really your involvement in all these organizations or other extracurriculars that, you, that like you take a part of, that's making huge moves in the long run. Like uh, another example could be like, for example, let's say um, you were offered an internship opportunity, right? And it's something that you were looking so much forward to, like, you know, and you finally live it and then it's not what you expected it to be. A lot of people say, can feel the same way when they first switched their major for the first time. You know, they were so interested into it and they were like, this isn't me, what's going on? When really you have so many great potential behind you that you still haven't realized it, but it's up to you for it to, to figure that out for yourself, right? How do you do that? You surround yourself with people that are like-minded with you. Because once you do that, then you get to see, oh yeah, you bring out the best of you, right? That's as a lot of, a lot of people say. Um, and then I'll, like, I remember I had a mentor uh, from an from internship I had this summer that once told me like, you know you're doing good in life when, when you're not like physically in an area, but you have people saying good things about you. Those are the type of people you want to surround yourself with because with that being said, it's just all these moves that are like being made without you even being realized. And you know, one should be so overwhelmed with so many opportunities that you have, like all the responsibilities you have to take care of, when really there's so many like things being like seeing, like being said good for you in the background or just based off of your involvement with the extracurriculars or any activities that you're involved in speaks volumes for what type of person you are. And that's where you want to just remind yourself what type of person you is and like who you like desire to be, right? I think adding on to that, imposter syndrome is such a weird thing. Um, because we, a lot of us have convinced ourselves that we don't belong here, um, which is a completely false narrative. And I, I like to think or that maybe I don't have imposter syndrome. And then two weekends ago, I was starting my applications to grad school. And I had, and I just started sobbing because I was like, I, I'm not smart enough for grad school. I'm not prepared. I don't have the experiences, which is completely false. Um, and, I, and I am prepared for grad school and I am ready. And it is something that like I can go and do very well at. And I know that. But I think one of the things that we always just have to remember is we... They, like, for, for starters, Michigan doesn't have um, what's called, um, you're, like, you are not a diversity hire or you are not a diversity, diversity enrollment because that's against the law in Michigan, right? So you earned your place at MSU just as much as anyone else or even more than anyone else because most, many of us had to work twice as hard in school. We had jobs when we were growing up and we didn't have legacy parents. We don't have those letters of recommendation that were just kind of given to us by our parents, employers, or by our parents, friends. And so I think we have to change the narrative and it's, and it's a very hard narrative to change, but changing the narrative of not that we are the diversity hire, but in fact, we are the ones that work twice as hard to get to where we are and are twice as deserving to be here. Um, and, and it's hard, it's, it's, it's such a hard thing to deal with, but we earned our place here as just as much as anyone else because this institution wasn't made for us. We are breaking walls every time we walk into a classroom and every time we walk in, we finish a semester. And even if we have bad semesters, it has nothing to do with whether or not you belong there or not. It's just bad semesters happen to everyone. Um, and so just constantly reminding yourselves that you deserve your place here just as much and that your parents didn't pay to have you accepted like many parents do pay as we like seen in the cases that are currently with like with like famous actors that pay for their kids to like be in, into like schools like our parents didn't do that no one was 
doing things behind the scenes for us. And so we earned our place and we will succeed. And I kind of want to talk about what Tammy was saying. Um, it's so funny because the, the same exact thing happened to me while studying for the GRE. Um, and you know what? It really came down to my math skills. I was not prepared for math and the statistics on how few Latinos are proficient in math um, in high school is sad. Uh, it's very clear that the educational um, system has failed us in many ways. And you have to remind yourself of that. The whole point that I started pursuing master's program in the first place was because I started talking with my professors in their office hours. And they were like, you know, like, you would be really good at a master's program. Like, have you ever thought of it? And I was like, you know, no one ever told me about those ever before. I had no idea like what master's programs existed, like who got master's degrees, anything about that. And that's why it's so important on making those connections. So you have people putting you in tune to these spaces that were not designed for us, like Tammy was saying. Um, and that's another thing is like uh, Chris was saying with changing the narrative of it, like, you really have to recognize you feeling imposter syndrome is the very reason you need to keep going with what you're going for. Because the fact that you're just trying to pursue your degree, higher education in general, and you feel like you're, you don't belong there, all these different things, that's rooted in racism. And we need to demolish that mental block within ourselves in order to be able to get through that system, systemic <laughs> um, block that prevents so many of our community members from being able to continue. You know, you have to remind yourself, you have to beat that imposter syndrome so you can break down those walls for the people that come after you. Um, <clears throat> so just remember that. Thank you all so much. So for the sake of time, I'm going to move on to, through the next few questions and then we'll open it up for uh, for questions in, in the chat box. This next question is, how did you go about making friends uh, and building community um, early on in your college experience? I guess I can start with this one. I think like I said before, coming from New Jersey, it was definitely a different experience coming to Michigan, just being in a new environment. I didn't really know anybody. Um, but looking at finding friends, I definitely took advantage of a lot of the different organization or club fairs that, um, well, there was the general club fair uh, participation. I know it was virtual this year, <laughs> but um, definitely took advantage of that opportunity as well as looking at the Broad College and the different organizations that were um, within the Bro College, they had their own separate organization fair, and that's where I found the multicultural business programs, which um, I've definitely found a second home in. Um, so I definitely found my friends within organizations, um, as well as just um, trying to like get involved, like within my residence hall. I was in McDonald Hall last year, and there were definitely like different opportunities um, for students to get involved in the residence halls, like. Um, I think they still do like uh, government uh, for the residence halls, which is a pretty cool um, organization. Um, there's also Emerald, which is um, also, I think that's through the Office of uh, Cultural and Academic Transitions. Um, and Emerald is a really cool resource. Uh, definitely uh, met new people through Emerald and it definitely gives you more of a chance to practice your public speaking or just speak out on issues that you feel strongly about and listen to a diverse set of opinions. I really um, was thankful for all that Emerald did for me. I'm not sure what exactly is going on with it this year because I'm not even sure if like ICAs are um, living on the floors or I'm not sure I'm not on campus currently so it's kind of um, confusing. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess that was uh, pretty much my experience with uh, making friends. Excellent. Does anybody else want to add anything? Especially friends from outside your community, because at MSU we have students have a tendency to 
stay within their comfort zone, their bubble of friends that um, either either they knew back in middle school, high school, didn't hang out with them back then, but then they get here and they're like, oh, comfort zone. Let me go ahead and hang out with all my people from Royal Oak, Detroit, or wherever, right? And and they don't leave that circle. Like we find that students stay within that little comfort zone throughout their whole college experience and beyond. And then it's like they came in one way and they left the same way. They didn't really morph, you know, into the person that they should have they should have morphed to, into. So if anybody wants to add on breaking outside of that comfort zone, uh, I would appreciate it. We would all. I can speak a little bit to that. Um, <clears throat> so one of the, I think the things that I learned, so coming into MSU, I knew that I wanted to leave my community. I grew up in Southwest Detroit. And so my community was very small. The community that came into MSU from Detroit, especially the Latino community was very small. It was very close in it. And so I actively moved myself away which I really didn't succeed in because I'm only friends now. Most of my friends are from Southwest Detroit. Um, but my first two years, I ended up in the Asian community somehow. Um, and a big thing of it was just accepting or asking people to go to eat and being like open to try new things. Um, and food was like a very big thing in like in the Asian community and in the Latino community. And so like somewhat like bridging those together, but just, just being open to new experiences, even if they seem kind of weird at first, um, and going to things. Um, OCAT really helped with like meeting people, which I know like isn't really easy now. Um, but definitely just like taking yourself a little bit out of your shell, which I know is very, very hard and like easy to just say and throw out there. But just tr being open to trying new experiences, especially MSU, there's so many like it's a very rich, diverse space if you find a diversity, but um, just always being open to like finding new people and going into every situation with an open mind. Because some cultures are very different from ours and they're a little strange at first. They feel weird. They feel out of ordinary. Um, but as, as what you like go and learn them, they're, they're just the same. They have very similar values to us as Latinos. And so, yeah. Just getting out of your comfort zone. Thank you, Tammy. This next question is, if you, if you knew then what you know now, what would you do different to navigate this institution? I feel like I would have gotten involved right off the bat um, because when you get involved late in the game, it kind of sets yourself up. You're not able to learn as much from the people you come into contact to as you would be if you start out when you're, you know, a freshman or a transfer, like right when you transfer in. Um, and, you know, because you don't have that time to get connected with all those people, you don't learn as much. You don't learn about the different resources available. Or when you do learn about them, you're like, wow, um, I didn't know I could get an RCPD visa. This would have been really nice my freshman year when, you know, I was jumping from high school level education to college level education. It's just things like that, really making sure you get in tune with campus um, student affair lifestyle right when you get in. I think for me, um, I like to like add on to what Sarah said. Is like just, just take advantage of any opportunity you can. But most importantly, just be as authentic and genuine as you can to yourself. You know, what I mean, obviously you're not gonna have, you're not gonna get along with everyone, right? <laughs> but I mean, I like to see it as like that's their loss. You know, like you are your special person, and you belong in the person, like the people that you have great minds with. You know what I mean? And how do you find that out by just being? your true authentic self that's what i did because when i first transferred here i transferred as a freshman like mind you like i had the idea i was a freshman i'm transferring to this huge university and like everyone already had their friends established i was like all right what am i gonna do what did i do like you know exactly what tammy said i got out of my comfort zone i was i was being myself and i went to events that crew hosted that ocat hosted um i would in class i would interact with my peers and be like you know like Oh, so what do you what do you guys do on campus? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's a little harder now with Zoom, but like, 
given if we're given the chance to go back to campus, it's the opportunities are endless. You you can I feel like I really got connected with as many people as possible, just like asking about their day. And then like they mentioned something like, oh, that sounds interesting to me. Like, can you tell me more about it? Right. And then that's how you open doors that you realize you weren't even able to approach. But it's just simply just you being yourself and just getting out of your comfort zone to like explore new things and take risk in life. I think graduating soon, one of the biggest things that I would have done differently is gotten closer to my professors earlier. Um, I definitely didn't like really start associating or like talking to my professors until maybe like my sophomore and junior year. Um, and professors have connections. They are so, so helpful. They will write your letters of recommendation. I had a professor that helped me get an internship in DC and got me scholarships for it just because I was one of the few like students, Hispanic students in his classes. And so just become friends with your professors. Um, go to their offices. A lot of them do a lot of extracurricular things, a lot of like studies, show interest in the work that they're doing. Um, do research, a lot of research. I spent most of my time doing like off-campus internships and I did very, very research. Um, and I regret that. Now going into like a grad school program, graduate program. Um, so try to sign up for some research, even if it's something that has nothing to do with your major. Just get research experience, um, become friends with your professors, and just get to know the people who have opportunities for you in the future. So yeah. Thank you all so much. This last final question is, um, are there any resources or, or organizations that you feel are impactful? um that we didn't or you didn't touch on yet and any final thoughts that you have on the session today and then we'll, we'll uh, look at the chat and then answer some of those questions for me just stay in contact with OCAT, all the people there crew um there's so many other identity-based organizations and offices and I will never not tell everyone about crew and OCAP because they have been my biggest like systems of support and just home while I've been at MSU. So, yeah. Yeah, like uh, just participate in, in stuff like this. Like when you get invited to do things like this, just participate. It gives you a chance to like hear um, other students, uh, you know, those the struggles and the goals that they have um so that you know you can stay motivated as well there's people like you people of your um culture going through the grind going through the grind like like um like we're all here to do and uh, just setting a foundation for uh the future like like little little jay over there with juan uh, i like to say just to be kind with everyone because you'll never know who's the helping hand of tomorrow with anything in your life right um that's like the hugest thing. And then, you know, just be yourself and, you know, try not to burn any bridges. Cause like I said, like, I mean, if you have to, I mean, I don't want to get you know, anyways, anyways, but like try not to burn any bridges because honestly, like you never know who can help you out in any situation you have. You know what I mean? You, you really don't know. Like, honestly, like you can, let's say like in two years, you, you, I have a sudden interest in like, someone has a sudden interest in like sports and like, they could say they had knew a coach that was so impactful with them simply emailing them or telling them, oh, you want to go for a coffee and telling them your ideas. Like you'll never know what, how progress they made in their life that can help you further your, your ideas and so further. And it, it helps both of y'all because you know what I mean? You build connections and then ultimately just be successful, both of you guys, right? Okay. okay. Um, again, y'all, thank you so much for your willingness to volunteer and, and uh, be on this panel and then share your honest, you know, experience with, with everyone that attended today. Um, my son decided to crash this, so I apologize for that, don't mind him. But anyhow, um, so at this moment we'll close it and if anybody has any questions for the panelists or in general, let us know. Also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly put a plug in for tomorrow's OCAD open house. We're having a, a virtual open house. Uh, for everybody on campus so that you can learn uh, what OCAD does, how to get involved, and just meet the staff. So make sure make sure to, to uh, participate if you can. It's at noon tomorrow uh, on Zoom.
Any any questions for the panelists? Well, Juan, while people type in any questions if they have any, um, I just want to open this up for community announcements or affiliate announcements for the week. If there's any events going on, please share. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to share their events.